Welcome everyone to Your Week with St. Luke's and our podcast and our special edition on Pentecost. We are gearing up for Pentecost Sunday, um, which is the celebration of the coming of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church. It's found in Acts 2. But before we get to that, I just want to let you know we've got myself, Pastor Jen, Pastor Jad, and Alice Williams, who will be bringing us our message on Sunday. So we're excited that you're with us, Alice. Tell us how long you've been at St. Luke's and uh, what you've been doing at St. Luke's for all those years. Since 1986. (laughs) And so it'd be about 30, what, 37 years, I guess, maybe. Yeah. uh, uh, I was working at Disney and went by one night and saw that the lights were on on a Sunday night. And I thought, oh, this might be like my old church used to be. Maybe it's a you know, Sunday night service. And I pulled in and it was a, a cover dish dinner that they were having and met some lovely nice. folks and uh, started going the following Sunday. So that was that was kind of it for me. And Still some. Yeah. What have you what are your roles that you've played here at St. Luke's? Oh, gosh. Uh, I was a Sunday school teacher for mid-highs and seniors for a while, Um, uh, had Jim Harnish's girls uh, in in my Mm -hmm. class, Uh, so that was was fun. I did uh, some work with the, uh, what was like UMYF back then. Right, Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Kind of got busy with work, and so had to give up the teaching stuff like that for a bit, but uh, became a Stevens minister, and then also... um, Ended up doing some stuff like being on a couple of the different committees, uh, council and uh, uh, some of the other, fi- uh, did some of the, the finance and that kind of stuff for a while, HR, SPRC uh, for a bit, and ended up being lay leader uh, for a period of time for St. Luke's, and then uh, went from that to doing um, lay leader for the district. And then, you know, God just kept opening doors. And so, you know, hey, uh, why not? Nothing else yeah, to do. right. So, <laughs> all right. So talk to us about what you're doing now, because we have right. like, oh, sent dear. you on to change the world of Methodism. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's it's one of those things that um, just because of so many people pouring into me and, and allowing me to do things and. Um, you know, just trying to listen to what the spirit would nudge towards. Uh, I am currently the co-lay leader for the Florida Annual Conference. Uh, I am co-leader with the amazing Derek Scott the Third. That's right. That's right. And, uh, loving that. And then uh, some other stuff that I've done. Um, I am uh, currently uh, on the board of GBHEM, which is one of our general agencies of the church. Uh, GBHEM is the General Board of Higher Education and Ministry, and I have been doing that. Uh, for about seven years now, six years, uh, should be hopefully coming to, well, actually it's a 12 year stint. So <laughs> you're not done yet. Yeah, a little bit more time, a little bit more time, but yeah, but I, I enjoy that. It, it uh, deals with 123 different uh, colleges and universities that, that we have, including our own Bethune Cookman for the Southern as well. So, uh, and I'm on the board of both of those because of the lay leader thing. So that's kind right. of a fun thing too. That is cool. Okay, so everyone listening needs to take note. This is what it means to retire and lead your life with the gospel. You stay just as busy, you're just doing it in different ways. I love it. That's right. So great. That's right. So our scripture is the Pentecost story um, from Acts 2. I'm going to read just a bit of it, and then we're just going to talk about it and kind of talk to about um, kind of why we are having you preach on Sunday and what you're going to bring us. So 
scripture says when Pentecost day arrived, they were together in one place. This is all the disciples and followers. Suddenly a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind filled the entire house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy spirit and began to speak other languages as the spirit enabled them to speak. Okay. I'm going to stop there. Cause this is, this is after Jesus has ascended, right? 50 days later, he has promised them that an advocate will come. The Holy spirit will come and empower them to be able to fulfill this great commission that he left them with, which is to go into the world. So there's probably 120 or so we imagine sitting in this upper room and the Holy spirit comes and it's like flames of fire. And so what's interesting is the next, and this is something that, that the clergy team found during COVID that really resonated with us. It says the next verses, there were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard the sound, a crowd gather, and they were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, look, aren't all these people who are speaking Galileans, every one of them? Then how can each of us hear them speaking in our native languages? And they were speaking, of course, the gospel. What fascinates us, Alice, or me, is they're in a room and then suddenly everyone can hear them. Like the walls have, I just imagine the walls have like melted away somehow. Right. Yep. What do you think that says to us as the church, especially lay people? So, so much in that, Janet. Um, Can I just unpack a little bit? uh, Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, the 40, so Jesus's death, resurrection, 40 days, 40 days later, he ascends into heaven, right? So this is, that's the fulfillment of all that Jesus said would come, right? Mm-hmm. So then for this next 10 days, like, cause we're up to the 50 day mark, Penta meaning 50 days, Pentecost, mm-hmm. um, 10 days later, this happens. And it's the fulfillment of the promise that Jesus gave to us that the comforter will come that, you know, that spirit will be there. I'm not leaving you alone. You're not on your own. But I imagine for those 10 days in particular, it was kind of like, all right, well, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus had popped up in other places, kind of like where's Waldo in a sacred way uh, for a bit. And, and but, you know, now now he's ascended. Now it's now he's gone. So then it's like, OK, what now? What next? And they're gathered together. And you're right. The spirit moves. And to me, it is the most, one of the most underrated holy days that we have because mm-hmm. as laity, and I'm, this is talking laity, uh, clergy love you, but you guys go get donuts or whatever. This is, this is about us. Yes. That's what's in the room, right? right. Let's just be, let's be very, very clear that the majority of what was in the room were plain old lay folk yep. and the spirit of God moves upon them. And you're right. Those tongues of flame come. And it's like, I don't know, Babel or Rosetta Stone happens like right then and there. And, right. and people are able to hear in their own tongue. And I'm I'm with you. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, the walls must have fallen. The wind has had to be. I, I don't know. The wind, that Roja that you talk about so much, Chad, just kind of moved and carried the word to where it fell on people's ears and they heard. And what I love about this, what I absolutely love about this is that it is the moment when we as laity are empowered to show the gospel. It fulfills the last of the great commission, 
Go therefore into all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you always, even until the mm -hmm. end of the age. Mm -hmm. He didn't tell us to sit. He didn't tell us to stay. He said for us to go. Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment that, that we were empowered to do that. So this is about laity, getting your game on, and, yeah. and being able to share share the, the love of God. I mean, that's 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 yeah. boil it down. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. So I loved, um, I don't know. We just, I don't know. I don't know how it happened. I, I just, I felt empowered. It was me. It was me. I'm going to take credit for it. That like, we're going to start this with Derek and end with Alice. Like right. we want this series about renovating the community, renovating the world we live in to be bookended by laity because it's really clergy got to get out of the way. We, we have to get, we have to empower you all and then get out of your way because it's really you all at work in the world. Truly. And that means we got to pick up the heavy lifting and, and, and it's troubled me for a while. Um, you know, I, I used to hear this thing called consumerism church, you know, where people would come on Sunday mm -hmm. and they would get built and then, but, it, but it was just taken in and not, and that's, I don't mean it to say it in the wrong way, but and theologically, you guys will have to clean up anything that I say that might not be right. That's that's all on you. That's all great. on you. Um, but but theologically, that's exactly where I think the believers were in that moment. Is yeah. that everything that they had witnessed and they had seen, they'd experienced, and and they were going through it. And it was it was kind of all about them. It but it was still kind of inward. But in that moment, when the Holy Spirit came. You're right. It broke down everything. It, it busted down not any walls. It busted down any uh, ability for people to misunderstand or not to. Yeah. It, it, it enabled us to be able to say, hey, we we it's up to us now to share the good news that we've heard. Yeah, there's the, the old hymn, the gospel hymn. There's a Balm and Billy, uh, Gilead that mm -hmm. soothes the it. You may not pray like Peter. You may not preach like Paul, but you still have the ability to share God's love. And that's what that meant. We don't have to be clergy. We don't right. have to wait for someone to tell us. That moment, in that moment of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon everyone who's there. And it wasn't just for them. It's for us. Every one of us, we got a little flame somewhere up here right yep and you know whether it's whether it's just a little bitty flicker or it's a big old i i don't know and i don't that's not ours to worry about what it is is that god wants each of us to be able to to share and to speak that language that will help others to understand and by the way that is so methodist i i, I don't not right? don't want to get lost <laughs> in that but um, no. That is so about what Charles and John wanted to do. It was, you know, go out to where people were and meet them where they were, talk with them in ways that they understand. That's why the whole right. thing about going into the the, the different the fields. Bars, well, the bars and yeah, stuff. And the bars, yeah. They wanted to use the music that they knew, right? So they put right. words to it that they could understand. It's just over and over again. It's in our DNA, and it's about yeah. who we. Oh, Gracie, you know, it was we we talk about how in, in the text there's the walls seem to disappear, and and in Alice you talk about how the the Wesley and the Wesleys uh, in the early movement of the Methodists they they broke down walls and barriers to bring the gospel to people in their language. I, I wonder what what kind of walls and barriers um, have to be overcome today uh, yeah. by the church and by the laity. You know, for me. There's so there, there's there's so many right. I mean, there's just yeah. their own personal biases. There are biases that others may have that will prevent them from hearing. 
that kind of thing. So there's there's all of that. But you know what really strikes me about this, and it's the thing that I think um, may be even the most powerful. I don't know if today it's about learning a language. You know, I I, mm-hmm. I don't know that it's that kind of thing that's important. I really believe it has to do with how good are we with our love languages, the ways that we mm-hmm. let people know what our mm-hmm. beliefs and and are those languages con- in in concert and congruent with the way we live our lives and the things that we say and the things that we stand for and the things that we do in our actions, do they all align? And to me, I think that is is the greatest challenge that we have right now mm-hmm. is letting our love languages speak and be as authentic as, as they need to be. I mm, love, thank you for that. I love that. Cause I mean, so, so remind me what the love languages are. Let's, let's, well, for some it's acts, right? For some it's being acts of, kind- of kindness, right? Mm-hmm. Words of affirmation. Right. Mm-hmm. Being able to help others to, to see within themselves, right? And isn't that a big part of what we are supposed to do as Christians is to help people find the gifts and graces that God has instilled in them and affirm those and help them to live into those. Right. Yeah. What are the other ones? I, I'm I'm, I'm looking on my bookshelf for, for my book over here. Uh, touch, touch, right? Yeah. Touch is one. Um, quality but, time. Quality time. Um, and 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 receiving gifts. Yes, gifts. Those are so I have never Alice, that is brilliant. I, is, I don't know that it's right. No, I don't know that it's no, right, but it is because no. we reserve our love languages for like, you know, our loved ones or our family. And, no. and truthfully, that's what it means to be lay people at witness in the world. Just, you know, is it, is it your love language to give someone a gift or to just let them know that someone's thinking about them or to serve them or gosh, like I, my mom is with us. She's probably going to hate me saying that, but I know she lives by herself. And so just having someone give her a hug. You know, yeah. is, is I got is a great it, hug from her last week. Yeah, yeah. it's a witness. Yeah. Exactly. Those yeah. are simple things. Those are not me and, going out and advocating for affordable housing, although that might be your gift of time. Act of service. And that's yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And your voice. I do believe that is a love language. Please hear me on this. I believe Absolutely. Yeah. And being, being the voice of justice is, is a very important there's mercy, acts of mercy, but acts of justice as well. But but mm-hmm. I, let me just—I have some friends that are not church people. They they just are not church people. And they never will be. But boy, they put me to shame in ways that they they love me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in ways that and and through that, and we've had these conversations. I said, you know, I know y'all don't don't go to church and stuff, but you put me to shame because I think God speaks as loud through you and the acts and the ways that you do as yeah. a lot of the folk that I see. Um, and that's not a judgment. I'm just saying that, you know, they, they live it's reality. Through. Yeah. And, and right. I think that's the strongest kind of love language to have. And I think it's the strongest witness to have. So, just- Well, and I think sometimes we give ourselves a, a, a reason of I'm not this, or I can't do this, or what's my voice, but but it's those ways that are just as strong and probably even more powerful because they're they're touching someone one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Every one of us, every single one of us have gifts and graces, have love language pieces to us. And to me, it's 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 not just that you're if you don't do it, you're missing out. I mean, there is that you are missing out if you're not allowing yourself to live into the gifts and graces that God has given you but you're almost doing a disservice to God himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. 
you know, I, I hate to say it that way, but it's it's kind sure. of true. And a waste. The world, it's a disservice to what God created you to do. And, and, and for us, right? Because that's part of the wholeness of who we are. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting, you know, it isn't it it it, it it's not so much languages it the speaking in languages they can understand is also listening to their story and getting to know people well enough to know what love languages they need to hear the gospel in. Yeah. You hit it right there. I mean, um, you can't speak to someone and really get to the heart until you know, kind of what, what language they speak or what their needs are. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big key to this as well as, so maybe another love language is having the ability to extend yourself in ways that are not necessarily familiar to you, but may be familiar to others. Well, and right. I think quality time, quality time allows for that. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So mm-hmm. as I look at the love languages, I've always understood them as that there are ways that we give and receive love best, but all of them we are capable of tapping into. And, and I hear us, this part is saying having quality time with someone, showing them dignity and respect, hearing their stories, loving them and understanding the deeper ways that they can receive uh, love. So that's the work of the spirit for sure. Well, and you, you know it better than I do, but the gifts of the spirit themselves are a love language, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so there's another piece to it too. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because if we take our this rhythm of discipleship that we've talked about for ourselves of learn, live, love, lead, learn God's story, live God's story in community with one another, love God's story through worship, and then lead your life with God's story. I mean, in essence, it's a it's it's a it's a rhythm of our witness too. Oh, it, it's learning about another person's story and living that story with them so that we hear and shape and understand with empathy who they are and where they're coming from. And then loving them in a way that leads, not leads them, right? Like, like, like moving them, but leading the relationship towards, towards a sense of who Christ is. I, I, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. It's it's almost like we're the ones that we talked about it last year at an annual conference, but it's about being able to not just set the table, but be seaters, you know, make sure that people have a place at the table. Right. And then, then, then our work is done in my opinion. I mean, that's, we do that. And then the Holy spirit takes it from there and works. Right. 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 Yeah. That's a even better way. It's, it's, it's leading in a way with one another that, that the Holy spirit leads us. Yeah, because it's really God's work to do. It's really not, yeah, about us. So, so are you excited? We are excited about you preaching for us on Sunday. Everybody needs to come to worship. We're going to celebrate. Yep. But are you excited about it? I am. I am. I am. I'm excited. I'm also a little terrified. But that's okay. I mean, you know, that's um, your church every week. Yeah, come on, now. Alice. <laughs> right. But but uh, you know, well, you that, got this. No pressure. I mean, it's just Pentecost. I mean, you know. <laughs> It's just Pentecost. Perfect. I am so excited. I you want to bring us a word. Humbled. Uh, and 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 I'm I think it's so cool that you asked Derek to be first. I love that. And it just kind of set the stage. I love the whole renovate idea. Um, and this is kind of the culmination to it because this is the best renovation of all, right? Is when we allow ourselves to yield to the Holy Spirit and, and mm, allow that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. And- and I, I'm I'm excited also the way that Jen laid this out. Derek kicks us off in Eastertide, and and in many ways 
you're kicking us off in this next Christian season, right? Pentecost launches us in not only to the summer, but into the the the, the season of ordinary time, but that is labeled, time. but it's labeled by Pentecost, right? The third Sunday of Pente- after Pentecost, the fourth, we're all that. Right. That that I think well, we need to hold on to. So you kick us off with it's that. Our marching orders, right? So now it's each mm. Sunday is what we do after that. Is are we honoring what we got on Pentecost? The Holy Sunday? Spirit. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. so interesting. I've never, I've never put those things. The ordinary work that we live, that ordinary time, which I've always said is boring, and it's supposed mm-hmm. to be growth right. and all those things. And I know that, <laughs> but it's not. It's, Pentecost yeah. should be ordinary every single week. The spirit moving. It's well, always yeah, moving. Every Sunday, right? It should be, right? And then we've yeah. got yeah, the whole thing. The yeah. whole enchilada. Yeah. Resurrection Sunday, all of it. We should Ooh. be living each of those. Enchiladas, right? so, that sound good. Oh, now we're, now we're on. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast with the clergy. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be our last learn podcast, actually. Um, we are going to be doing other podcasts during the summer summer break. But this yeah. is the last of that rhythm. And so thank you for joining us, Alice. You have anything else you want to add? Nope. Look forward to seeing you Sunday. All You're right. such a blessing, Alice. Oh, you guys are a bigger blessing, but thank you. All right. So we'll see you all Sunday. Make sure you read Acts chapter two and sit with that and let the Holy Spirit kind of work in you. And let's get ready to celebrate and lead our lives. Thanks, everyone. Amen.